Last week we continued talking about being filled with the Spirit and uh, we picked up three aspects of that. The sort of motivation, aggression, fight that it puts in us. Uh, and then the whole issue of being um, willing in the day of his power. But also we spent some time looking at the um, fruitfulness that we can expect as a result of fullness in the Spirit. Thank God that we're not relegated to um, the Holy Spirit being a, a nice feeling or um, a manifestation of a gift or uh, something that's, that happens in good days in meetings. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is uh, the transformation of our lives, uh, the empowering, uh, the thing that makes the, the, the complete difference as God's power comes upon us uh, for his purpose. And uh, this morning I want to I want to talk some more about the fruitful um, aspect. And uh, you know we've got certain people amongst us, certain characteristics. I mean, you, we don't we're not worried about changing personality. I mean, there's lots of things we want to change about somebody. Think about PJ, for example. I mean, there's lots of things we might want to change, but there's certain aspects. It's his personality. It's like his face. God gave it to him. It's not our job to complain. You know what I mean? It's just... We've got different personalities. You've got Lynn Coles, who... I'm on your side, Lynn. It's all your fault. You've got... Where's Andrew Tissard? Oh. Did you really mean that when you said, oh? <laughs> you, you never actually really expect Andrew Tizard to change in terms of his jokes, do you? I mean, Julia has prayed for that for years, but it's not going to happen. You know, it's just, it's just him. It's what you get. Then you've got Angela Clay. Yeah, very, very cheeky. And, you know, when we were together praying, you know, Angela's got a particular way of praying. She, she doesn't kind of get into any religious language. She chats to God. I hope not as cheekily as she talks to me, but... Does she? Yeah. But, you know, within these... Within these different personalities and things. God gave them to us, and we, that's good. And we receive difference, you know. I know you all wish you were like me, but you can't be, you know. <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> but, you know, when we're together praying before the meeting, which, of course, is not an exclusive thing, you're all invited to that, uh, there are times when God just speaks and, and very clearly confirms what he wants to say or makes clear what he wants to say, sometimes in this very meeting that we come into afterwards. I felt this morning was one of them, and it was, uh, it was Angela uh, praying. <clears throat> and when she prays, she kind of chats what's in her mind, you know, and uh, what, she's, what God's been saying to her. And she 
she was talking this morning, speaking to God about how important it is to stay where he's put us. Now, that's not, not a kind of geographical thing. That is a, a positional thing in terms of what he's, he's concerned. You know, she was picking up that uh, it's very important when Noah and his family went into the ark, they stayed there. Um, what was the other thing you were saying? Yes, when, when, when the Israelites were told to go into the house, put the blood on the lintels, they had to stay in. Ah, huh? that's right, yeah. And when Paul was in the ship, everybody, remember in the shipwreck, and uh, everybody had to stay there. The, the thing of staying where he, where he puts us. And then, Neil, you, what was that scripture you, you read this morning? Yeah, yeah. Then Neil was reading uh, that scripture. Whatever was profit, I count for loss. It's like I can't make an assessment on uh, on circumstances. You know that it would have kind of get into the lifeboats and get out of the ship might have been sensible, but you, you can't and. And it's very interesting because the, the scripture that I wanted to, to bring to you this morning to start off with uh, is in John chapter 15. <clears throat> I take these, when God speaks to us like this, I think it's good to take it seriously. Let me just read this to you, John chapter 15, uh, verse 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me, kind of back to stays where I put him. Uh, He will bear much fruit. And then it goes on with the other side of it. Apart from me, you're completely nagged. You can't do anything. Uh, Which, you know, gives us the other side. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away with, uh, with us. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. There's a thought, isn't it? Condition, of course. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. It seems that on the condition of remaining in him, abiding in him, basically saying, let me just explain what that is. It's not some kind of weird out-of-body experience. Remaining in him is, is essentially choosing to live under his rule. I will not go outside of what he wants. I will not do what I think. I will count anything else as lost other than this thing. Lord, what do you want? See, it's not rocket science to remain in him. It's a choice to be obedient to what he wants. And then, of course, we receive his power. It, It doesn't work otherwise. We have to... We, we make the choice to continue to submit 
yes, Lord, I will not have that attitude because you don't want me. I will not take this action because you don't want me. I will do this because it's what you want. It's, it's basically abiding in him, remaining in him, is the route through to receive all that he promises and to avoid missing out. That's not difficult, is it? Eh? Is it difficult? Well, it's not difficult to understand, is it? It's completely impossible to do. <laughs> I mean, the understanding is, is okay. But see, that is what he intends. He intends that the understanding is simple. We can simply make a choice. Yes, I choose to abide in you. I choose to get the promise. I choose to receive what you are saying I can get as I abide in you. That's my choice. That's when it gets a bit difficult. It gets a bit impossible. Because apart from me, can't do anything. See, we're talking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about what God does supernaturally to enable us to live as he wants us to live. We make the choice and he empowers us to actually be that, do that, go that way, have that attitude, forgive in the place of all sorts of uh, abuse and difficulties, um, to be pure in heart. That's the fullness of the Holy Spirit, what he gives us. Abide in me, and I in you. See, (coughs) by the way, I'm very poorly. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. It could be the seasonal hay fever, or it could be something even more serious. It could be man-cold. Now, I'm afraid you women don't understand that. You need to be a man to understand how serious that is. <clears throat> Let's hope it's just a seasonal hay fever. I appreciate your sympathy. You know, the waves of that coming towards me almost knocked me over. See, look, fruitful brothers and sisters, it's not about being clever, it's not about being influential, it's not about being powerful. Because the kingdom is a different value system. I mean, God himself in his word says, I've I've taken the, the weak and the foolish and empowered them to be supernatural people living on the earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's all about what he does. It's not about visibility. It's not even about apparent effectiveness. It's about obedience before him. See, there's a... Again, let me refer back to the the prayer meeting. Because when we're praying, we're listening. Sometimes the prayers that we pray are part of, is a prophetic prayer. It's part of what God is saying. We have to pick up our, listen carefully. Phil, I can't see him now, but probably doing church at home. But Phil was praying about a, 
a development, about a moving on, about, uh, for us all, I would definitely say amen to that prayer for me. I'm going to stay where I am. Moving on. But you see, fruitfulness is about change and development. You think of it like this. It is not, if you think of a, a, a stagnant pool, basically a stagnant pool is where there's really nothing coming in and nothing going out. That is, that is not, sort of nothing changing. Always been the same. You know, I am as I am and always have been and always will be. That's a kind of, that's not fruitful. That's the very opposite of fruitful. That's a kind of stagnation. And again, it's not to do with circumstances. Joseph was stuck in prison. Uh, He couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't walk out. He was there for as long as, well, he didn't know how long it was going to be. But there was nothing stagnant about his spirit. He was still operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was still functioning in what God had given him. He still had a care and concern, which was something that God had placed in his heart. There was not a, you know, he couldn't move, but there was no stagnation in his spirit. There was a moving on to fruitfulness. A week or so ago, um, I got up in the night. I'm not going to tell you why I got up in the night. These things are personal. I wasn't up for long. But as I was um, awake, I felt, God, speak this. You abide in me. You'll bear much fruit. It's a strange thing, but as that scripture came, I got three sort of flashbacks to uh, times in my life to do with fruit. And the first one was not the one I'm going to recommend. It was when I was very young, and in the place, the kind of field area, rough area we used to go to play, over one side there was, a, I suppose, an orchard. And what we used to do, and don't do this at home, we, we used to go what was called scrumping. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn. Otherwise known as stealing. You know, I, I did say there are certain people with certain characteristics that you're never going to change. Stealing. And it was my... I would describe it as a lack of fruitfulness. We got something... Um, there was an old man who used to chase us with a stick. Um, I don't think he ever caught anybody, but it was, it was fun, you know. But you couldn't eat the things. I mean, they weren't ripe. They were, or they were crab apples or something. I mean, it's like a lot of effort, a lot of work, and getting really nothing worth having out of it. I don't want that to be a description of fruitfulness. That, to me, is not about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That is not about what God is promising to us in his word in these days. Matthew 25, we read about the the parable of the talents. I always think that's that's both an exciting thing because it's it's about uh, risk and, and 
capital gain and all those things that we love because we know that God is a capitalist. <coughs> That's just to stir up some political strife. Uh, but there's that sad bit as well about that awful, mm, hang on to what I've got. The little bit that I've got, I'll just hang on to. That to me is the very opposite end of, of fruitfulness. Just hanging on, just holding and, and not actually. You see, there's a risk that we need to engage in to gain. Like there's a sowing in order to reap. Like you know how the story goes that in the desert there's a come across a place a water pump and it by the water pump is a little cup of water and the temptation is you're very thirsty by that time you want to drink the cup of water. But that cup of water is in order to prime the pump so that you can actually pump an endless supply of water. It's an investment of something that you might fancy holding on to. And I'm saying the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the fruitfulness, is, is not about stagnation. It's not about hanging on to what we've got. It's about being prepared to, to give what we have. Let's come back to that scripture. Uh, everything... I have, I count as loss. You know, that, that we, we, would, we would see, hmm, I give. I don't really want to hold on. I choose to abide in him. So I let go of my way and my thoughts and my feelings and my responses and attitudes in favor of being obedient to him. Last week I left you with some questions. Uh, one of them was uh, around this area of fruitfulness. What would being more fruitful look like in your life? It's not very good English, is it? Who's an English teacher? You should rephrase the question. What would being more fruitful look like in your life? Well, why not tell somebody what you came up with? And if you didn't come up with anything, just look at them blankly. <laughs> and if, if you're sitting next to somebody who's looking at you blankly, do help them. Don't just look back at them blankly. Help them. Give you a minute, see what you come up with. I, got, I want some answers. What would it look like? Okay. Um, so help me here. What would, what would being more fruitful actually look like? Because I do like to practicalize. I do like reality. Um, now, don't disclose anything personal. Just say, I at some point, heard somebody say it would look like this. Yeah? Right. Somebody from over that section. Okay. Uh, a realization, a reality of where I'm not fruitful. Thank you. Yes? Somebody else? 
okay, really knowing sharply what to pray for specific things, specific people. That's fruitful, yeah. Somebody else over there. I'm coming to this section first because clearly I wanted to go to the more intelligent, good-looking, wealthy sector. Oh, and Avril. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting point because you can't determine it on results. You know? Um, Paul was the probably prominent, uh, one of the prominent writers of the word, and prominent um, apostles. And his results were, all men deserted me. You know, you, you, you can't work on that. But yeah, knowing that you've done the thing that God gave you to do. Anybody else from that sector? Jim? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's fruitful purpose. All right, from the arising, emerging, powerful sector, and Richard, November. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mustn't disclose personal things. Someone else came in, that person who he was afraid of going to um, speak to was speaking to another person, and he said he felt about God. And he said he felt it was just a thing of God saying, well, I can use you, but you need to make yourself available. So it's about that availability. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can be fruitful if you're prepared to do what God gives you to do. Somebody else in this sector? When I talked about emerging, bright, developing... Oh, John Smith. Sorry. Uh, We were talking um, about the fruits of the Spirit and how um, that we would set that as our standard of being fruitful, that it wasn't what we're doing, but it was how we were doing it. Um, And that kind of ties up a lot with what Avril was saying. It's not the results, but it's how we're actually going about doing it. Absolutely. Good. Saving the best to last. Things like having more patience with my children. Yeah, very real, very practical, empowered by God. Jill? Um, Being more thorough in relationships, making myself more available. Very real, very practical, day-to-day things. Rich the Griff? Um, for, for me, it's people following Jesus and not just following an example I set or anything like that. Yeah. So that actually there's a step further in yeah, actually going, into the they're real, choosing to follow him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, Dave, he's kind of taking your job. Good job, Jamie. Um not being a slave to how much time you've got, but being a master of how much time you've mm, got. 
That's an interesting one. Oh, good stuff there. All right. Trot back this way, Jamie, and then you can move on to the next thing. Can I add my own one? Can I add my own one to that? We were looking with the youth yesterday about, no, on Friday, about the, um, living in the good of what God's done for us. And so one of the things was that um, we should be hidden with, we are hidden with Christ in God. And for me, fruitfulness would know what that means in real life, in real situations. So taking the Bible at his word and living in that. Okay. So when we were discussing being filled with the Holy Spirit, and what fruitfulness would look like. We felt that there was tears involved in it. And so, um, firstly, we would have a fruitfulness in our relationship with God, enjoying being in his presence, um, learning about him, um, really enjoying uh, be- being with him. That would overflow then into a relation, uh, us being able to, to feel those things, benefit from becoming more like him which would then have an impact on how we express him to others. And then after that, there's a way that others receive that and doors open. So we were thinking, I've got a mop here, so it should be all right. Then you could hold this for me. I only only fell over three times when we were practicing in my kitchen yesterday. Um, as, as As we are closer to God, it has a fruitful impact on our relationship, which then has an effect on how we represent him and then how we communicate him to others. So if we're in a situation where we're thinking, this is hard work, I'm not making a difference in other people's lives, or I'm not living in the, in the good of these things that God's promised me, is the top cup overflowing? Are you being filled with the Holy Spirit? Is it overflowing in your life? I was uh, talking to, uh, about one of the young people yesterday and there was uh, the, the mother was saying that this this young person all of a sudden started empathizing to a great new a great degree about some things that are going on in the family's life and the things the questions they're asking the points that this young person is made making no one's taught them that it's just because they've had access to being filled with the holy spirit meeting with god and it has an impact and another analogy if i have pj come come be my runner but you get to stand on the spot because I know that you're more weights than you are cardiovascular. Okay. <laughs> so, so say, say PJ is a running man. Yeah, you're definitely not a runner. Um, and say, say we've got Nick with us as well. <laughs> now, if Nick is running alongside PJ... He just can't keep up with him. He's just not got the energy. He's not being productive in his energy. Yeah? Now, if Nick's running this way, he's definitely not, not being productive. He's not making advances at all. He's going in the opposite direction. But as you see the Olympics, one will run right behind the other. And in so doing, PJ's breaking wind. <laughs> right in front of Nick, and it really helps Nick. It, it, help, it helps Nick be much more productive to what he's doing. So as, as Christ, as we are closer to Christ, it makes us more effective. As we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it makes us more effective. So our key thing is, where is God going? 
Where is he leading? I don't want to be alongside him thinking that my decisions are my decisions. I don't want to be running in the opposite direction. I want to be saying, whatever the father's doing, I want to be right behind that. That's, that's where I want to be. Thank you. There's a process. Um, the Bible speaks in John 15 again about the process. Uh, the process in terms of uh, the analogy of fruitfulness is, of course, pruning. And uh, you, have, you, can't, you can't skip the process. Um, the second sort of memory that came to me was when I was a kid again, and uh, we were living in Hertfordshire, where I grew up. And my parents, of course, uh, were from the East End, so they weren't really adapted to sort of agriculture and all those sort of growing things and what have you. But my mother and my aunt used to take us, I guess it was sort of once a year, Blackberrying. Um, <clears throat> now this involved. It's sad, isn't it? I can even remember the number of the bus. Getting on a three nine three that only went once an hour. Um, going to this place called Hartford Heath, where there was all these blackberry bushes, and it was it was quite a process. And of course, there were no facilities there. <clears throat> And inevitably, you know, if you've got three or four kids, the moment you get there, one of them, I need to go. So I can remember some of these issues and performance. I can also remember uh, what a process it was. All those brambles, all those frickles, all those getting sort of stains on your hands and eventually getting some of these wretched blackberry things and, and then having to wait for the bus and go home. I mean, if we were going to have them, there was no way other than go through this process. Whether there was any value in what we were doing, I guess my mother obviously thought there was. But it wasn't easy. It, it was... Would have wished, I mean, you know, much better... Couldn't do it then, but much better go to Sainsbury's and buy them ready frozen and all done, you know. But that wasn't something that existed in those days. So, But the process we had to go through. Now, I think it's, it's useful to understand from the Word of God what a process can look like. And to help us in that, if you, if you want to turn to Haggai chapter 1, where there's a corrective process laid out towards... Uh, fruitfulness, and uh, <clears throat> to actually um, to actually get into a different place. Uh, just reading it uh, for a moment um, starts off in verse two, saying, "These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built." So they were deciding um, what the priorities were. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. 
Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains in ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much but harvested little. (coughs) Excuse me, you eat but you never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in. A lot of effort, a lot of work for a limited production. And he begins to set out what to do. First of all, in verse 6, drawing their attention, what we've just read, uh, that there's a lot of work going on and not a lot of fruit. Are you really happy with that situation? Then comes to verse, jump back to verse 2. What is God's timing? What does God want? What is his will? Remember that's back to the abiding in me. I I know what I want, but Lord, what do you want? To actually stop and allow a reassessment of priorities and, and direction, which of course is the thing that's emphasized in verse 3. The priority is what God wants. Is it right that you're doing this when this other situation um, requires attention? And then in verse 7, give careful thought to your ways. Reassess. Am I doing? Am I engaging? Am I seeing what God wants? The reassessing of the ways. And of course, then it leads us into verse 8. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber. Well, we all understand that going up into the mountain is returning to God and saying, Lord, let me have your resources. The primary resource we're talking about here is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I believe, and that's why I believe God's leading us to look at this stuff at this time, that he has in store for us a new measure of fruitfulness as a result of abiding in him and as a result of being filled with his Holy Spirit. I trust that God will create in us a hunger and a desire for more of his Holy Spirit, to be being filled. Because that inevitably will will lead to a new place of fruitfulness that I I suspect that God is saying he's got lined up for us. Of course, when we think about the process, well... Remember the feeding of the 5,000? The bread that was given had to be broken and blessed and multiplied. I, I, I don't think there's any way around this process thing. We have to be prepared to embrace the process. And those uh, five steps which I've just mentioned are a general pattern of engaging in the process. We can look at all sorts of Bible characters and we learn a lot. In fact, the Bible tells us that it's there for us to learn and to interpret in the present. Uh, That's primary purpose of God's word in that way. Think of Joseph. We can always think about uh, how fruitful he was. Um, But we also know that he had to learn to walk in purity, purity, 
and submission uh, for some 13 years before he was ever into a place of, of fruitfulness. Root comes before fruit. We have to take up the cross before we ever receive the mantle. The, these are, are patterns and principles that we know and understand. Unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, can't produce fruit. <clears throat> so I'm encouraging us that we, we embrace God's process in favor of coming through to the fullness and fruitfulness. And it was said of Joseph that he was like a, a, a fruitful bough, a fruitful branch that went over the wall, that, that, that there was a, 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 a giving out uh, an, act, uh, an excess of goodness. And I think uh, we, can, we can either be sort of spiritual monkeys grabbing what we can get, or we can be fruitful and be part of what God has intended in terms of being a, a blessing to others rather than just feeding on what exists. We can be producers or consumers. It's interesting, of course, uh, just while we're thinking about Joseph, that when you think of all what he went through uh, and all the issues that he faced, the injustice, the uh, betrayal of his own family and others, and the, the, the awful experiences he had, uh, there was no bitterness. You know, there was, if you like, an abiding, which meant he submitted to what, what God wants and to be empowered by how God wants him to be. And I guess if we bring that back to fruitfulness, we, we're not really too keen on fruit that's bitter. Uh, that, you know, if it's worth having, then we wouldn't be very keen on um, engaging. In fact, fruit that's bitter is usually bad. So it's a process. Uh, we were thinking the other day about the, uh, the friends of, of Daniel that ended up in the, in the furnace. Uh, what an experience that was. I mean, these are stories that many of us know. But uh, <clears throat> it's just while we were thinking about that, I thought, yeah, uh, it's a nice story to read. It wouldn't be a nice experience to have, you know. And they were thrown bound into the, into the furnace. And that's an interesting thing that happens because uh, then you hit, you, the next thing you read is about them walking around. So something dealt with the, the limitations, with the, something released them. <clears throat> and the, okay, they experienced that. They didn't know whether they were going to come through it or not. Uh, but it says, uh, Nebuchadnezzar turns and says, wait a minute, we, we, we've got three in there. There's four. And the one is like the Son of God. Son of God. Well, they were walking in a manifest presence of God. Uh, we tend to think about, wow, you know, they walked in a fiery furnace and they came out with no smell of smoke. I think we could we can miss the point because, yes, there was, a, there was a, a real miracle. But how about that, to have walked and wandered around in the manifest presence of God? Uh, you know, 
I don't know. Where, I wonder what the conversation would have been. Well, we don't know. But to have actually been in that place as a process. Um, last week we mentioned uh, uh, Shammah and he's, um, and he's fighting <coughs> for his lentil patch. Of course, if we read on that bit, he had a, quite a battle on his hands, uh, but it finishes up with saying, and God gave him a great victory, a huge fruitfulness as he was entering the process. All right, so uh, there are things that it certainly doesn't look like. There are processes to go through. But let's look at the positive side. What, what does it look like? And that's where my third kind of picture came in. And we were, we had our touring caravan, and kids were young. We were down, I think, in Cornwall. And uh, we saw this, uh, pick your own strawberries. And so we said, oh, let's go and, go and pick our own strawberries. And we got carried away. I mean, you have never seen so many Big strawberries, so easily. I mean, there was fruitfulness beyond our imagination and actually beyond our capacity. Because when you're in a caravan, you can't stick the strawberries in the fridge. The poor kids. And what we had to eat in terms of, you know. You ever had liver and strawberries? I mean, I can even remember it now. You have ne- it was so easy. You just, they almost jumped into your basket as you walked down. <clears throat> Pick your own strawberries. You know, I couldn't help but think what God says, what he wants to do is give to us in such a way that it's like pressed down, shaken together, running over. There's an overflow that he wants us to live in. There's a richness, there's a fruitfulness that he has uh, chosen for us. Uh, A multiplication. I love that kingdom multiplication factor. Multiplication without strain. Wasn't a lot of strain to feed 5,000 when God stepped in. You know, it's or or the the um, the sower and thirtyfold, sixtyfold, hundredfold. That's, that's the kind of fruitfulness that God has. And that is to be worked out, not just uh, in us, as we've seen uh, in the uh, illustration that uh, Jamie did for us, uh, but in terms of its effectiveness towards uh, others and uh, the representation of God on the earth. Deeper relationship with him. Having powerful effect. You know, I... <clears throat> I want, when I, when I seek to help someone, or bring the word of God to someone, I want that to have an effect. Don't you? I don't want to just dwell in platitudes, especially religious ones. I think they're the worst of all. I want it to have an effect. I want to go through life and hit the switch in the spirit. I want to actually see uh, and know that I'm hearing and receiving and giving and a channel in the goodness of God. Whether it's in actions or words or, uh, or things that we conspire to do together. 
so that we might be effective and fruitful in him. Isn't that a good place to be? I'm not weird, am I? Well, I am weird, but I mean in that particular thing. Yeah? Who would say that desire for fruitfulness, some kind of richness and increase in, in, in moving in the power of God, that's something you could kind of, yeah, you, you, you'd sign up for that. Yeah? Yeah, I thought so. <coughs> of course, that's kind of the product. The first place is enjoying that deeper relationship with him, enjoying his presence, knowing him more. So it's not just an outward thing. <clears throat> um, we're not, that's why we don't focus on out, we don't focus on, uh, on numbers, but on the quality. Um, and it's important that we we under, so the kind of role that we could have, um, a kind of help it to happen, being a channel of God's blessing. Or if we go back to the fruitfulness thing, being kind of fertilizer that, that actually increases the productivity uh, being used of him in the power of the Holy Spirit. Channels of his blessing, moving in greater compassion. The end product, I think, is an increase in impact. Us, more impacted by God in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the fullness of the Spirit. God functioning in his unrestricted purpose in us, leading to actions that are inspired and directed by him. See, if we come back, we just mentioned about the feeding of the 5,000. You've got an obedience issue, give me your lunch. A blessing issue, that's what only God can do, uh, multiplication. Um, and obedience, God's involvement, blessing, whatever you like to call it, led to a huge fruitfulness. I don't think anything's changed. I think that's, we're looking at patterns of the kingdom. So we obey. We step into, right there into God's purpose. Let's come back to the, the little sketch thing with, uh, with Nick and PJ. <clears throat> you know, that basically what we're talking about there is a kind of a, an aerodynamic thing. You see the same thing in the cycle racing, don't you? Uh, and uh, uh, actually very particularly in that. That we're actually increasing... The, the equivalent of the aerodynamic function. We're able, in the power of the Holy Spirit, under God's direction, and it's reasonable to expect that we achieve more and go further in his purpose. So let's respond to him. Yeah? Otherwise, what the heck is the point of what we've just done? I mean, very nice you've sat and listened and most of you have even stayed awake. The rest of you will wake up refreshed from that time. <laughs> There's no point if we're not going to be doers of the word. 
Otherwise, we just hear something and it's interesting. So what about us saying again, Lord, I want the fullness of your Holy Spirit. I want this fruitfulness. And you know, I can't do that. Not for you. I can do it for me. I can't do it for you. Fill me, Lord. Make me more fruitful. I want to see 30. I want to see 60. I want to see 100 fold. And remember, primarily, this is for him. Because this is about his purpose. This is about abiding in him. This is about him working out his purpose and involving us in that, in his work. I like the promise in Psalm 138. The Lord will fulfill his promise for me. You know, it's one thing to be an expensive ornament sitting on a shelf collecting dust. And it looks nice. But frankly, I'd rather be engaged in making a, making a, a mark, making a difference. Uh, somehow just kind of being there or seeing or knowing or it, it, it brings us back to that sort of stagnant thing. But to actually um, actually be moving forward. The only thing, the, <clears throat> the only mark the ornament makes really is a kind of a mark on your pocket, doesn't it? You know, it costs something. I don't want to be an ornament. I don't want to be stagnant. I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I want that increased fruitfulness that he promises And it would seem, let me say again to me at this time, that that is what God is saying to us. As we enjoy his presence, as we seek the fullness of his spirit, we could reasonably expect, in accordance with his word and his promise, an increase in fruitfulness. So let's come before him and ask him. Let's come into a time of just seeking him in worship. And as we do that, we have opportunity again to come before him and, and ask and say, Lord, I do want that fullness. I do want that fruitfulness that only you can bring and only you can give. Shall we do that? Let's stand together. Lord, we come before you as those who receive your word and desire not simply to be hearers, but to be doers. And we invite you, Lord, to pour out your Spirit upon us, that we might dwell in the level of fruitfulness that's necessary for the fulfillment of your purpose to which you've called us. For your glory. For your glory. This is for you, Lord. This is about you. This is by you. And Lord, we just long for you to have your way and to move upon us. Take a moment. Make sure if you're engaging in this, you're saying amen to that prayer. Lord, count me in. This is me. I'm asking.